This episode is sponsored by me, your host, T.A. Walker. Welcome to Freerider. To know how you can take advantage of the sponsor of this particular episode, please consult the show notes, follow to the website, and purchase one of the best bracelets on the internet. And with that out of the way, let's talk about the Writers Guild of America. article for today's free writer news will be included in the show notes. I am not going to reference any of the videos of Fran Drescher making an impassioned speech, but if you're interested in hearing what she had to say, that information can easily be found in the show notes. And so the heading for this article reads, Breaking Down the 2023 Actor and Writer Strikes and How It Impacts You and Me. This is impacting me, but I highly doubt that they expect the way that it's impacting the free writer. Live from New York, it's a nothing because it's been months and the writer's strike is still going. Now with actors looking to start picket lines of their own, here's everything you need to know. Warning, not a trigger warning or anything like that, but if you want to blow some steam, this is a great episode for you. If you are new to Freerider, this is an episode that is fantastic for you to get your feet wet around here at Freerider. Continuing with the article, it says, Forget the Avengers, the writers and the actors are assembling. After the Writers Guild of America officially went on strike May 2nd, following six weeks of failed negotiations with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, is poised to join the picket line. Despite an 11 11th hour extension, the union did not reach a deal with the AMPTP when the contract expired on July the 12th, leading the union to vote unanimously to recommend the actors to strike against the film and television industry for the first time since 1980. SAG-AFTRA negotiated in good faith and was eager to reach a deal that sufficiently addressed performer needs, Guild President Fran Drescher said in a statement Quote, but the AMPTP's responses to the union's most important proposals have been insulting and disrespectful of our massive contributions to this industry. The companies have refused to meaningfully engage on some topics and on others completely stonewalled us. So it's time to go. Or as Devin Sawa put it in a July 13th tweet. Quote, which one of you lucky writers wants me down on the picket line with them the baddest? I'm bringing cake. End of tweet. Here's everything you need to know about the dual strikes and how they will impact Hollywood and your viewing habits. What is the Writers Guild of America? In short, the people responsible for keeping you up every night as you binge your favorite series. Referring to two unions, the Writers Guild of America East and the Writers Guild of America West. The WGA represents 
all the comedic and dramatic wonder kinds who work in television and film. Their job is to negotiate with the Alliance of Motion Picture and television producers, which represents large production houses like Disney and streamers like Apple and Netflix. Why did the writers vote to authorize a strike? Every three years, the WGA works with the AMPTP to negotiate a new contract that is then authorized by its membership with weeks of talks getting nowhere. The WGA overwhelmingly voted to authorize a strike as a way of bargaining with the AMPTP if they couldn't reach an agreement before their contract expired May 1st. Among the many issues at play, money, because it turns out you can't actually dine out on the fact that you have a cool job working on a show like Succession or Yellow Jackets. Residuals, the money paid to the people who helped write, produce, and appear in a piece of media when it's re-aired, make up a hefty portion of a writer's salary, and they've been largely affected by the explosion of streaming services. Allow writer Michael Jones Morales to explain, quote, the WGA contracts that currently exist were built upon a model where the current providers generated the revenue through ad sales. So if I write an episode of television that re-airs over and over again, every time that episode re-airs, the content provider generates revenue and a little piece of that revenue gets shared with everyone that contributed to the creation of it. Now their revenue is made almost exclusively through monthly or annual subscriptions, so there is no re-airing. People can watch what they want when they want, which means we're not getting the same residuals. In other words, noted Abbott Elementary scribe Brittany Nichols, while she pockets $13,500 when an episode of the ABC series is replayed on network TV, when it hits Hulu and Disney Plus, the amount that you're paid, for that episode, being on new media streaming, is $700. Another sticking point is something called mini rooms, which as the diminutive name suggests, is the same as a writer's room, but with fewer writers and less time to work. Instead of splashing out to staff, a staff full of writer's room, John Morales explained to More Perfect Union, increasingly they are saying, you know what? Let's not spend those millions of dollars on a pilot. Let's spend significantly less money on a number of mini rooms where we will hire a smaller number of writers per project and we will order two or three or four or however many scripts without actually shooting any of it. And then we can look and read those scripts. The problem, said TV writer Danny Tolley, the streamers were only going to pay weekly compensation to all writers regardless of level. So you could be a co-executive producer with 10 years of experience who might have sold some development. So you have a proven track record. You could be making the same as a staff writer who this is their very first job. Bottom line, said Jones Morales, it is absolutely undeniable that the streaming platforms are generating mountains of money through their subscription base. What they're choosing to do with that money is an entirely different question. Why am I hearing about AI? The WGA has also proposed restrictions on production houses using AI to generate or adapt readers' creations into scripts. The AMPTP's counter was to have annual meetings to discuss advances in technology, which is not exactly a guarantee that we won't one day be watching television literally created by robots. And as Quinta Brunson, 
quipped in one of the Whittier strike sides, AI can't write Tariq's raps. Wait, actors are striking too? Because the contract between the Screen Actors Guild American Federation of Radio and Television Artists and the studios also expired this year, and while the actors haven't been on strike since 1980, talks haven't been looking promising for a while. Negotiations went past the set June 30 deadline and sailed through the July 12 extension. And like the writers unionized actors voted overwhelmingly to authorize their leaders to call a strike if no deal was reached. By July 13th, they had unanimously voted to strike. More than 300 bold named stars like Meryl Streep, Jennifer Lawrence, and Bob Odenkirk signed a letter to negotiators emphasizing their willingness to strike, saying they are, quote, ready to make sacrifices that leadership is not. What do the actors want amid the strike? SAG-AFTRA has the same basic complaints as the writers, because not every one of their more than 160,000 members are pocketing eight figures per project, and many are quite affected by the shift to the streaming model. Also, like the writers, actors have fears about the wild, wild west of unregulated artificial intelligence, with SAG after writing in one memo to members that its ability to recreate performances is a real and immediate threat. Okay, how does the writers and actors strike affect me? It doesn't, unless you like watching television and movies. The first two unions strike in the industry in more than six decades would lead to a huge loss in revenue. The 100-day writer's strike that stretched from 2008 into 2009 cost $2.1 billion to California's economy alone. End of parentheses. And an enjoyment with no new scripts being created and a whole slew of TV series pressing pause on production. To find out if your favorite shows will be impacted, keep reading. And then there are a list of shows, so Stranger Things. Looks like you're going to be stuck in the episode down a little longer. Euphoria, Cobra Kai, and they only named a few affected episodes in this particular article. And now that I've gotten that out of the way, let's start the episode. first point that I would like to make as I read an article like this the first thing that goes through my mind is this is what the hell the gatekeepers get this is exactly what they get they're getting the environment that they created we free writers my goodness is there anything that we can say that isn't relevant to this particular issue sincerely these people are upset that you're getting $700 every time someone presses play in Netflix to watch your shitty show. And also this episode is probably not as listener friendly as you'd hope it would be. So if you have any younger listeners that you don't want to hear a couple bombs, please be cautious at that point. But we would work for a normal income, would we not? You cannot quit your 
day job, your night job, both of your jobs in order to be a writer for everybody else. The writer that everybody else is, whether you consider yourself a free writer or not, by nomenclature does not matter. You are everybody else. It's either J.K. Rowling, these twits on a damn picket line, or you, which is 99.9% of everybody else. We would, if somebody rolled up on you right now, free writer, and said, hey, I would give you 100K to do this thing, you would say, okay, but I think I probably can make that happen for less. You know what I'm saying? Like, you wouldn't turn it down. You probably would bump it up because it's like, you're going to lowball me at first, right? But the bottom line is this. These people are used to making hand over fist money when all we're trying to do is get somebody to buy a 99 cent book on Amazon. And wouldn't you know we are scared to do that, aren't we? The next thing I would like to say about this of a trillion things, but I'll try to keep this episode concise, is that tea writers think that they are protesting. Who protests and looks like they just walked out of a catalog while they pro these people are smiling. They don't look like they've broken a sweat. Is it okay, y'all. Now we at home now, free rider is home. So you know you can you can get you can hit the dialect up. Ain't it hot outside out there? I mean, damn. You know, don't they live over in LA and California and all that stuff? It is summer everywhere, isn't it? It is hot where I am. These people have on three layered shirts. They smiling. They picking signs. Don't look like they've been through anything. Shoes look good. They look like they're being interviewed. You know what I'm saying? Not interviewed by somebody, you know, an anchor on Channel 5 and they're trying not to get hit by nothing, you know, people throwing stuff. No, they're being interviewed by fanboys and fangirls while they go and stand on the line for 10 minutes and then go back to the, the palace that they live in. If they really were demanding something, they should be demanding that the check boxes that they have to tick off would go away. Why would you want to be boxed inside of the exact same script every single time? That is not writing. That is just throwing up on a page. You're just, you are bulimic at this point. You are a bulimic writer. All you do is you go have a great lunch. You stick your finger down your throat and you throw a script up. Now, if I was a different kind of podcaster, I would have trigger warned right there. But I'm not because you're an adult and you understand what I mean when I make my horrible analogies. Now, how is it a protest when you are going to get your way no matter what? Like you didn't even have to protest. You could have stayed in your gated community. And the same effect would have happened, which is that I'm not sure what they hold now for. I don't know what they hold now for. I wish I could have solved that question for you before I brought this to you but I honestly really don't know what's going on and I don't think I really want to know because I think if I find out it's more annoying than these obvious points right here the whole thing makes me want to puke because it's a stark reminder to me as an independent free writer to never stop writing and I would advise if someone asked that anyone who is an independent writer to follow the same path. Why? 
because we are not missing anything. We who watch or glance over their work, we're not missing anything. For the last decade, they have been giving us warmed over trash and the few gems that are hidden in there every so often do not make up for the overwhelming majority of trash that Hollywood likes to produce nowadays. Every story on Netflix, Hulu, whatever your streaming preference is, it's the same story, plus or minus zombies. Even when there's this great celebration and they have a nice party in Hollywood, nothing's going to change. It's going to be the program as usual, except I guess they'll be making more money for putting out the same level of product. I mean, at least if you're going to strike, can there be some give and take? Can there be better scripts for more money or something? But it's almost like 10 years ago, they said write worst scripts. For that reason, we need to be publishing our work. I think publishing goes a long way for your confidence level. I don't think that'll ever change. But hey, if we evolve past the point of publishing and somehow it's just like, you know what? That's just what people do. You just produce, you know, everybody produces or whatever. I am okay with moving past that. But as it stands in 2023, you need to be published. We all need to be published. We all need to be creating content so that people can find us. What are you waiting for, dear writer? This is not to make you feel bad. This is to let you know that we're waiting for you. We people who are sick and tired of what Netflix is doing. People who are like, you know what? I don't want a New York Times or USA to del- USA Today tweeter. And book talk, give me a freaking break. I would rather read a book with some janky sentences, yet the story I can get the meat of the story any day over supporting these people. This is the place that I am starting to come to, you guys. I mean, we've all lived in this stratosphere all of our lives, so we don't have anything else to really go on, but we do. Why? Because we have indie folks now, and who cares what everybody else thinks about what you do. It's about what you like, what you do. Don't you think that there are people like me who have said to themselves, you know what, I am like on the verge of saying, I'm not reading anything by a T-writer. I'm not watching anything mainstream anymore because these twits get on my nerves, number one and number two. Because I can do a better job than them and ain't nobody gave me a dime. Now, one might say, oh, you bitter. I am not. Let me take that back and quit lying on this podcast. It does embitter me that, you know what? Something I am so good at, I can't get my foot in the goddamn door. But somebody who writes the same book four times a year can. And get their show produced on a streaming site. Does that embitter me? It does. Ain't nothing wrong with being angry and mad. Get mad. Get angry. So much so that the only stories you want to hear are the ones you create. 
your fear of coming on this podcast is well-founded. I am not a podcasting giant yet. I wager money that the majority of people over the legal drinking age are tired of the same old shit. They might not articulate it. They may not have opportunities to have those kind of discussions. But I bet most people want something different. The reason why the gatekeepers at the top of the food chains, no matter if it's movies or podcasts or books or, you know, anything that you, any medium that you consume regularly, the reason that they're on the top is because once upon a time, they did something different. And for better or worse, they made people pay attention to them. That is the goal at Freerider. I am stealing creativity back from people who do not care about the story. They don't care about creativity. All they care about is coveting the money from producing their work for themselves. The people who are writing these shows They're not making enough money and arguments can be made and you got the pros and then you got the people that are just starting. I'm not going to argue that. What I argue is this. Those same numbers for somebody like you, you will be so grateful. You will be very hesitant to open your mouth and say, I don't want no job no more. I don't even want this job. But y'all only giving me $700 every time somebody hits play on Netflix. Y'all only bringing people to my work every time I write a damn book? That's all y'all doing for me? No, I'm good on that. I am no, I do not have a socialistic or a communistic frame of mind. Nothing to any degree like that. And hopefully those who have been here can tell. But my opinion is that Nobody should have to go broke for me. The Writers Guild, they do not have to go broke for me. But I also shouldn't have to go broke for anybody else.